you're okay with going to Lambeau Field in the playoffs because boy, I am not. Ben's overcooked. Take him out the oven. I was going to say, you know those shirts that people get at places that say, I survived whatever? You need one that says, I survived Jameis. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. You are joining us pre-recorded from all of our various mansions around the beautiful state of Montana. I, of course, am your co-host, Justin Wright. And I'm joined today by my stalwart co-host, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm doing good, Justin. I would like to point out real quick, uh, one of us is not in Montana. Yeah, I'll no, have to no, say. we're uh, all in Montana in spirit. Yeah. True, fair Man, enough. I, that, is, that is fairly true. Only my body is in California. <laughs> yeah, so while you may have guessed it, we, of course, are joined by two guests today. I know it's very special, but we are joined by two guests today. We are joined by uh, the melodic voice that you just heard, one Daniel Friedman. Oh, melodically wrong and happy to be here again, boys. <laughs> and then you know him, you love him, the one, the only master of Gelby cattle, Kyle Mitchell. How you doing, Kyle? I am doing great. That is quite the intro. Hopefully I can uh, live up to it, but I am, yeah, doing good. Hope you guys are doing good, and thanks for having me back on again. Yeah, we love having you guys on. Justin, you need to start working for WWE with these intros you're giving out. <laughs> you know, give oh, shot. I got, I got to get that tape out there, man. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are joined by uh, the two the two boys, the friends of the show, uh, yeah. friends of us. Uh, it's been a long time since the four of us have actually done something together, really. I know. And we had it. to bring the gang back together because today is a very special episode. It's here. It's happening. It's the draft episode. Woo! Oh, I thought you were going to say it's the day. It's that day of the year when the Broncos sign another quarterback for a one-year contract. <laughs> that's um, uh, that's tomorrow, um, right? Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had my calendar off. Well, no, no, that's today the too. They they signed Teddy to Bridgewater. Don't forget. True. Yeah, they, they did. did. Well, they yeah they traded for him. So yeah. you know, it's, anyway. it's celebrating the holiday in spirit. Yeah, I guess we got to talk about that. Daniel, as the resident Broncos fan, how are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I do think he even, even what is he now, 28? I mean, he still has a lot of potential. I do think, um, you know, he maybe isn't like, you know, the top tier draft pick. I, he was drafted like 32 or something. So he like I, I still think he has a lot of potential, and I think he is the best guy that we've brought in that the Broncos have brought in. As if I had a decision and I had George Patton or John Elway's ear in the matter, I think he you is don't? probably yeah, you know, not quite tall enough to for Elway's <laughs> appeal. But um, no, I, I really like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he has a lot of potential. I certainly think that he. Mm brings a lot of competition for drew lock i think uh george Patton, um our new gm since uh la got quote-unquote fired uh has said like i re he really likes drew lock but he's still on a pretty short leash and he wants to make it a competition uh he that lock isn't just getting the starting job for free next season or moving forward so i, I definitely think you know bringing bringing in competition when the guy is not just set in stone, especially in a place like the AFC West. Uh, won't catch me complaining. Uh, so 
I was going to say, I, I'm impressed that you guys got him j- for just a sixth round pick, right? Like, that's all you yeah. traded to Carolina. Yeah, I think you guys. Yeah. That's pennies, that. dude. It is. I, yeah, that's, that's another thing is like, we, you know, he's former first round pick. Uh, I know he got draft. Bridgewater got drafted in 2014. And at that time, uh, George Patton was with the Vikings who drafted him. And, you know, I think that he he's already shown that he really likes his guys. He brought in Mike Boone from the Vikings, a backup running back. Um, not as excited about that because it kind of meant we lost Philip Lindsay. But I'm really excited about Teddy Bridgewater, and I think Patton will potentially be able to unlock him because he played pretty well when uh, when he started as in his kind of rookie year, sophomore year. He played pretty damn well in Minnesota, so it's definitely. Mm-hmm more exciting news i think for the for for me personally and for the broncos yeah do you think that this takes you guys off the quarterback market though for the draft i think it i yeah i think it does um for this year at least i do i think um i'll kind of get into that you know, as we, and, and hear what you guys have to say, but I do think it takes us out of the market. I think it, I don't think quarter, I I'll you know, I'll preface, I've really been high on Drew Locke. I really like Drew Locke. I think he still has, uh, a, you know, some growth, but for sure. But I think that he is our guy, you know, putting him in charge of, uh, young, he's a young guy putting him in charge of a young offense with a lot of weapons, you know, he's shown that he can play really well and can play really intelligent and frankly, really fun football. And obviously fun only gets so far, but you know, when that, when that's converting into scoring and um, you know, when that offense is kind of firing, he, he can be the guy. Um, And, you know, obviously bringing in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater veteran uh, influence will kind of keep his uh, seat on the fire hot. But I do think that, you know, between those two guys, we're, we're looking to the future with, with Drew Locke or possibly with Teddy Bridgewater uh, at the helm, not looking, not looking to one of these new kids on the block, not this year, at least. Gotcha. In watching Drew Locke, I think he's got a lot of high highs, but he also has those low lows. Mm-hmm. And what this was his sophomore year in the league, correct? That's right. Yeah, I think. I believe so right. I think this. I think this third year, um, depending on how this quarterback potentially quarterback competition goes, I think it's going to be kind of his make or break year. Mm-hmm. Generally, you see that three to four year window for quarterbacks to kind of either hit their stride or like, you know, it's time to get out. Right. Exactly. And so I think, yeah, it'll, it'll be a really telling year. And I got a question, Daniel, do you think the Broncos are kind of in a semi rebuilding mode or like they're in a rebuilding mode, but they don't want to acknowledge it? You know, it's, they're in a really weird spot. I do. I think when they, and and this obviously to an extent is not really something within their control. I think this happened pretty significantly pretty early on last season. I think that when they are a healthy or print or mostly healthy team, they have the pieces, the weapons, the coaching, uh, to be a dark horse playoff spot. Um, you know, the, the AFC is, is, is a pretty top heavy conference right now. I think that the, you know, I don't, they're, they're certainly, I think I'd be, uh, medically insane. If I said they were competing to win the AFC West with a certain five, half, a half a, a billion dollar man uh, just across <laughs> the border. 
but you know, I, I think they're a dark horse. I think when you look at their offense is a lot of young, already showing very talented guys, uh, obviously losing Philip Lindsay really stings. Uh, but you know, we still have a lot of talented guys. We got Cortland Sutton is phenomenal. We got Noah Fant is just, he had an excellent rookie year. Uh, you know, we've got a deep wide receiver core. Our O-line is really coming into its own, uh, Garrett Bowles, first round pick from a few years ago, you know, when he came in, he was the most penalized left tackle week after week after week. And I, personally was really not and a lot of Broncos were not happy with him but he's turned it around and become one of the premier left tackles in the league which is a very hard thing to do these days like it's hard to find a true elite left tackle in the league these days and and he's right up there so and then on defense you still have Von Miller you still have Bradley Chubb um, you have Justin Simmons it's, it, we have a lot of good guys and a lot of pieces that just I think when healthy mesh together uh, but at the same time, when they don't and, you know, when wheels start falling off, that's when those really low lows definitely start yeah. kicking in. But yeah, I, I, so I don't know. To answer your question without spending 10 minutes answering it, I think that they can be I, I don't think they're like true rebuilding um, like a lot of teams are. They're but I don't think that they're I think restructuring. Um, I still think that. Yeah, I think that they're kind of in that weird spot where if they can stay healthy, they're really competing for a playoff spot. But, you know, if they don't or if other wheels start, if like, you know, they've, they've got four wheels, but as soon as one of them falls off, they don't really have a great spare in the trunk. That's fair. Yeah. I, I'd love to keep talking Broncos with you. We'll have to do it another day because we got to sure. get into the draft. Yeah, Next. no, I have been. We're, we're, we're in the potatoes right now and we need to get to the meat. Ooh. We've got a whole T-bone to cover right True. now. We've uh, nibbled on some taters. Yeah, I think since uh, our boy Kyle was pretty quiet for that one, he should start us off. Kyle, number yes. one, first overall, is it anybody other than the guy? Oh, hot take. Uh, no, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's... <laughs> If the Jags do something other than Trevor Lawrence, they deserve to. If there was minor league football, they deserve to be kicked <laughs> down into it. But I think, I think that's a pretty safe bet to say Trevor Lawrence is uh, going number one. So I, I would like to interject here because I, I talked a little bit beforehand for everybody to have a hot take. This is my actual hot take. It's it's super oh. spicy. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I, it's something that I'm like, man. Things go real, real wacky. You know, it could happen. Um, my hot take is the Jags trade their number one pick, trade back, you know, maybe two, three spots to like the Jets, the Niners, maybe even the Falcons go wacko with it. Um, but they, they stick with the mustached man himself, Gardner Minshew go back a few spots and draft someone like like uh Penny Swell maybe um for that offensive line um and and try to make it happen with uh, Gardner Mitchu. I, I again I think it's crazy and out there but that's my hot take. All right. Fire some draft guys. Yeah, I mean just just purely for playing devil's advocate and, and because I also don't think there's any chance in hell of it happening. But I am really curious, you know, what team, if any, do you think has the capability or really desire if the Jags came came calling, especially one of the – it'd have to be one of those top teams. 
I feel like, but mm-hmm. you know, what, what team would have the desire to, to take, uh, to take that number one? Cause you know, they'd have to give up an absolute King's ransom for it. Yeah. Honestly, I think out of the, those, those next three teams, I see the Niners being the most wanting it mm-hmm. because I think the Niners right now are a team. They got so close and I think the big argument could be made that it's the quarterback that was holding them back. Um, you know, you look at this last year and there's a lot of injuries and things like that. But when they're in the Super Bowl, and Jared and I have kind of alluded this before, but a lot of it has to do with a certain man that couldn't perform in the big moment. Yeah, uh, I'll get to that. Um, Justin, I love you to death. And <laughs> I, I I said this is a hot take. I, I didn't know. Think I, it is. Well, it I didn't. Hot. I didn't think our take. I didn't think our takes were going to be like the sun level hot. I wasn't Bro, ready for that. What, have you not like looked at ESPN? Like that's all. That's how you make it in sports media. You have to have the hottest, spiciest takes. Oh, I feel like this, oh man. If we were this posting this true. on YouTube, it would be a picture of me sitting close to my mic, holding my hand out flat, um, pointing at you. And it would be like, you know, Jags don't draft Trevor Lawrence <laughs> with like a red circle and a pointing, pointing at like very click Well's face. Yeah. Very clickbaity. Uh, I know you know deal right there. You're going, <laughs> you're going for the headlines. And I guess if, uh, you know, the snowball's chance in hell comes true and hell freezes over and pigs fly and everything else and the, jags do what you said or even remotely what you said or don't even take lawrence uh we can say that you were the first one to say it yeah so yeah i, I, I don't first. think this is gonna happen in fact if the jags don't take trevor lawrence um first overall if they do something stupid i will buy a whoever their quarterback is jersey <laughs> and root for the jags <laughs> oh boy uh well yeah i mean i feel like <laughs> They get if they don't take Trevor Lawrence at one, they get laughed at more than the Giants get laughed at for taking Daniel Jones at six by a country. I will say if if it comes true that they trade back with the Niners, take like Mm. Penny Swell or something, I think y'all have to y'all have to do something instead. We'll we'll worry about that when that happens. Uh, I don't. First off, I don't think the Forty Niners are trading up anymore. I think they've traded to where they want to be. Um, and I feel like this is the reason that urban Meyer came out of retirement to coach in the NFL, right? Like, I don't think he comes out of retirement to be the Jags next head coach. If he doesn't know for a fact that they're getting Trevor Lawrence, um, I I mean, just look at the Jaguars as a franchise. They have lost 10 or more games in nine of the last 10 seasons outside of that weird 2017 season where they were really good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the guy that they think and very well could. And I think will fix that offense and fix that franchise. Like they, like this is probably the most important selection in Jacksonville Jaguars history right here. Yeah. The whole country knows what they're going to do. Um, and Everybody does. I, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a spicy take. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I truly <laughs> believe that the Jags are going to draft Trevor Lawrence. You don't have to, you don't have to try to sell anybody on this. I honestly like, Oh, I'm not trying to sell anyone on it. I, I'm just, I am just, I was not ready for a take that spicy. 
I guess. Yeah, you're you're, you're rebuting my stupid Ooh. thought experiment. <laughs> okay, uh, uh. moving on from Jacksonville. Uh, number two overall, the Jets hold that pick. I think this is almost as much of a lock as Trevor Lawrence to the Jags is. I think they're going to Zach Wilson, but I want to hear you guys uh, take it away first. Uh, yeah, I agree. The storm and Mormon is going to the big <laughs> apple. Um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of hype obviously around Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, I think has climbed the ladder, obviously very aggressively, but definitely a little more quietly, but I don't, I don't know. I don't see the, the jets after having kind of bungled their way out of Trevor Lawrence settling with anyone else. Uh, this is the the next best thing I think for them. Fair enough. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think the Jets. I mean, I'd be almost as shocked that the Jets didn't take Zach Wilson, number two overall. Um, I will say, I'll I'll do my hot take now. Out of all these, most likely five quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, or who knows, maybe even the top ten. But I would say, out of these. Uh, the stereotypical five quarterbacks that get taken this first round. I'm going to say my hot take is Zach Wilson is going to be the biggest bust out of them all. Oh, you're going the oh. long range hot take. Wow. Yeah. So I might have to revisit this episode in five, 10 years, but <laughs> I think that that's of course nothing personal to him. I think more of it's just the jets are almost cursed as a franchise for quarterbacks. <laughs> when you look at what Sam Darnold just went through. And I do think he's got, I think uh, Zach Wilson had a better chance than uh, Darnold did. Cause he doesn't have to put up with Adam Gase, but I mean, you look at him. Uh, oh, Mark San- Sanchez a few years back. I mean, and before that, Geno Smith, I mean, it's just in the last 10 years, they've been bad with quarterbacks, but you can look back even further. And I mean, other than, Joe Namath way back in the day, and even he, I will say another hot take, was one of the more overrated quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, buddy. That franchise is first for quarterbacks, I'd say. Uh, that's totally fair. Uh, looking at it from a purely historical superstitious pa- standpoint, Zach Wilson won't have a chance in New York if we're looking at it through that lens. But uh, Zach Wilson, maybe outside of Trevor Lawrence, might be my favorite quarterback in this draft. Honestly, uh, I really, I really like the kid and I know he really only had kind of an outstanding one season there in college, but, and maybe I'm just falling in love too much with what I saw of him at his pro day, but God, that kid's got a cannon. And I think the fact that the jets have a guy like Robert Sala running the ship now is going to make a world of difference. Uh, so I think that those two have the potential to do some really exciting things in New York um but you know this is the jets like kyle said and we could (laughs) look back at this in three years and be laughing our tails off of how wrong we were with this but uh i think we're all in agreement that zach wilson is the one that's going to the jets yeah sounds like it cool uh well if we're ready to move on to three this is the one that's kind of been the subject of some debate obviously the 49ers trading up to the three spot getting it from houston uh, you, I personally believe that without a doubt, they're going for a quarterback here. Now the question is which one I think I'm on the Mac Jones train. I think they're going Mac Jones, but, uh, what, what about, what do you guys think? Um, I guess I'll take the reins. I don't know. I, 
you know, living in the Bay Area now, I hear quite a few talking heads uh, talking and, and they're really focused on San Francisco sports and kind of the biggest thing that I've heard and that I kind of am inclined to agree with is like, you know, you don't, do you really trade up to three? You look at the teams below you or the, the teams kind of around you and you're saying to yourself, I'm trading to three or maybe I'm trading to six, just cut out the Philadelphia middleman and, and trade with Miami directly to six. Cause you know, you you don't, and maybe this is, you know, maybe it's superstition. So I'll preface, I think the 49ers are taking Justin Fields. Okay. I don't think that an NFL franchise is really any franchise, but you know, the, the Niners in this case are going to trade up to three to take someone like Mac Jones. Mac Jones is an excellent quarterback. He's very, very talented. I just think for what the Niners are trying to do, they're, they they are they don't they wouldn't need to give as much capital as they did to climb up to three when you look at Atlanta and four probably not going to take a quarterback right they restructured Matt Ryan's deal um, Cincinnati obviously is not taking a quarterback and then Miami's not it seems like they're not taking a quarterback so I feel like the the difference there is that same difference between or maybe a similar difference between someone like Mac Jones and someone like Justin Fields. Fair enough. Uh, Justin, what, who do you have going to the 49ers here at three? Oh, the, the Niners kind of threw a wrench in my whole mock draft when they moved up to moved up to three, but I have, I have restructured it since then. And I, I think um, I agree with a lot of people. I think, I think at number three, San Francisco's make taking Mac and cheese, dude. Um, I think, uh, I think they like him. I think they're, they've been really impressed with him, but on the downside where I I think he could totally be not ready for the NFL. Like, I know that's like the coldest thing to say in a mock draft, like, Oh, this guy might not be ready for the NFL because they all might not be ready for the NFL. But if looking at Mac Jones specifically, he, he only had one season fully starting at Alabama and you know, he was surrounded by incredible talent without a doubt. So, you know, but from what it's, what it's looked like and what the, the reports have said, San Francisco thinks they're there, that he's their guy. And why would they move up to number three if they don't want to make sure that they're taking this that they he doesn't get sniped and i think the reason they made sure they moved in front of atlanta is because i think atlanta might seriously be considering a quarterback interesting uh, i totally actually let's let kyle go first kyle you tie breaker vote here well i guess okay. you, tie, you could tie it with your vote Dude, come on kyle i already call them mac and cheese you can't go against this <laughs> <laughs> i i agree with you justin i think they yes. do take mac jones um like with that with, with Agreeing with what Daniel said, I don't think it was necessary to trade up to number three to get Mac Jones. I mean, like a month ago, I think you could have got him. I believe they were at number 12 before. I think you probably could have got him at number 12 or at least maybe, you know, eight or nine, somewhere in there and still been able to get him. 
But um, a month ago, you got to remember, like, the Broncos hadn't traded for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, the Atlanta Falcons hadn't restructured that contract. There's there's a lot of X factors in there that you don't know. That That is definitely true, yes. But, yeah, I think – I mean, personally, I think, you know, either Trey Lance, I think would be the better option. I think he has more upside here. I think with Mac Jones, you're kind of what you see is what you get, which obviously is very good quarterback, put up crazy numbers last year. But I think you get more of a maybe a little bit safer bet. Kind of like uh I've compared him or I've heard him compared to kind of Andy Dalton type of type of quarterback, maybe a little bit. Where he'll mm. you know, he'll go out there and do a pretty good job, but he won't, you know, really wow you by any means. But he'll so be serviceable. Think, serviceable, yes. I think they take Mac Jones. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the pick, but I think he's, I think they said too, like they want a starting quarterback or I can't remember how uh, Kyle Shanahan worded it before, but all the clues kind of seemed to hint towards Mac Jones, I thought, but who Mm -hmm. knows, they'll probably surprise me and do something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here, I think that they're going to go for Jones because A, we kind of alluded to it earlier. The Jimmy G thing is not working. Uh, They need to switch it up there. Uh, and I also think they go with Mac Jones because he's a guy out of, I think, these five quarterbacks really that uh, is least likely to operate outside of the pocket, I guess. He mm-hmm. works within the pocket. And that's that's the kind of guys that Shanahan likes. Um, and I, I, I kind of agree with Kyle. I think just everything that's been said, these little snippets or whatever, have all been alluding that this is who they want. Um I said it earlier, without a doubt, they're taking a quarterback. You don't trade up to three if you're not taking a quarterback. No, but absolutely not. But uh, um, I get why it's kind of been the subject of much debate, too, because Mac Jones, out of these five quarterbacks, I feel like has the the highest risk, too. Like, uh, mm. like Justin said, he could very well be the guy out of these five that's just not plain and simple, not ready to take that next step. Uh, I don't know. It's – it's going to be interesting to see what happens when uh, when they make their pick on Thursday night. But for now, uh, I think it's Mac Jones, and uh, I guess I guess most of you agree with me. But hey, Daniel could very well be right too, man. Justin Fields, he doesn't feel like he's talked about uh, as much as some of these other guys, which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, um, I was going to say too, Mac Jones. A big thing for him in this draft is I think he has got the biggest upside for nickname potential. We've already talked about Mac and cheese. You can call him <laughs> Mac daddy Jones. You can play off that too. Like if the Niners on a losing streak, Jones in for a win, like it, the potential is there. I think some for headline purposes, they have to take Mac. Some Jones. good fantasy team names. That's true. You know, very thematic for me. Uh, yeah. So are you, are you guys ready to move on to number four? Justin's favorite. Do we, have, team. do we have to talk about the Falcons? We do because this is where my hot take comes in. Ooh, I want to hear it. Let's go. All right, I'm putting this. I'm detailing out. Sorry, I started choking there. <laughs> you mentioned Atlanta one too many times. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Uh, shots fired. Uh, here's my hot take. Atlanta, and it might be last second. They might do it uh, right before Goodell walks out on stage. <laughs> Atlanta is trading this pick. Mm. They're, they're okay. trading it to the Dallas Cowboys. The mm. boys. And the boys are going to take tight end Kyle Pitts. Mm. Ooh. Now, yeah. 
let me let me give you some rationale here. Atlanta has been very vocal about their willingness to trade this pick. Okay, they also just uh, came out and said they're willing to trade Julio Jones. Okay, if you're willing to trade Julio Jones, you're willing to trade anything and everything. Uh, there's no one safe in that organization. Mm-hmm. If that's the case. Uh, on the flip side of it, doesn't Dallas feel like the team that would do this? the team that would do the flashy thing, make some headlines, move up. Also, they want to fill that void that was left by Jason Witten on offense. Now, do they necessarily need offense? I don't think so, actually. I think they should go for defense. And they need defense. That's what they should do, but that's not what Jerry Jones does. No, no. Jerry Jones sits on the golden toilet and looks for the, the big splashy players. <laughs> no, so there's my hot take. The wow. Cowboys right. are trading up to four. I don't know what they're giving up. It'll be a lot, but they're going to take Kyle Pitts, who I like, but I'm not as sold as a lot of people are. Oh, uh, really? I'm, I'm just not, you know, I, I think, I mean, again, I think he is probably the best tight end in this draft, but I don't know. I just don't know, you know, I, and it's just his gut feeling I have, I guess, but uh, there's my hot take. Dallas trades up to four, takes tight end Kyle Pitts, uh, Atlanta trades back and uh now i'm ready to hear why i'm wrong man uh i don't know i feel i feel like atlanta for me is really tough to judge just maybe because of personal bias (laughs) and i think they're freaking all over the place in potentially their thought process like you're saying them trading back i totally see it like in in my mind there's there's no doubt that that's a possibility I see them completely shocking people and taking a quarterback. I know they just restructured Matt Ryan, but they might be doing the, Hey, we're, we're looking at the future. We're going to have a guy sit behind you. You know, you've been having, you've had MVP caliber seasons. We want to look towards the future. You're, you know, you're not here forever. Yeah. Um, they, and I can totally see him taking Kyle Pitts. I I'm pretty hot on him. Honestly, I, I, in watching his, his highlights, I've been really impressed. He's a big athletic tight end. He's fun to watch. And I just, I don't know. Atlanta is just such a weird team right now. Because like you said, they're willing to shop anybody. And I don't, I don't know if they're like trying to like just throw everything into rebuild mode. If they're trying to, you know, just make this super hyper offense. I don't know what they're trying to do. Atlanta is at such a weird spot right now where in all reality, uh, they should have blown this team up, coaching staff up and started over basically, but they haven't. And they're, they're kind of in this weird flux where, where they're at a point where if, if they did things correctly, they have the potential to be good, but they keep teetering. And more often than not, they go and they choke because they can't find that the way to roll the other way, basically. On the teeter-totter, they, they keep giving the kid on the left side the freaking lollipop, and it just teeters that way. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I agree, though. They're, they're a really weird team. They're a hard one to place. Uh, Kyle or Daniel, what do you think the Falcons are doing here? You know, Kyle, you want to go first because I got to think about this for a moment now. <laughs> sure. Might be making it. A- I could see the Falcons going a lot of different ways here. Um, I could see, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they went for a quarterback. I, 
would I would guess they don't, but again, I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I think they take the safe pick and take Kyle Pitts. Um, he just seems, I mean, all the different ways you could go right here, he just seems like the right, kind of the right time for him, I guess. And instead of just, you know, if especially if they get rid of Julio Jones, they're going to need someone, you know, another weapon on that team. So that's if Julio Jones is gone, that takes a lot of catches away from your offense. So I think they go Kyle Pitts. I could see him going a lot of different ways, but that's what I would have to guess right now. So I, before this conversation, I had Atlanta very much the same as Kyle taking Kyle Pitts, giving a big intimidating weapon to Matt Ryan uh, you know, bringing back images and for rivals in the division and in the league, maybe nightmares about Tony Gonzalez uh, making a, re- a spiritual return. Um, but, you know, I'm, I didn't, I, Atlanta has Hayden Hurst and he's not, you know, Hayden Hurst is not this like, you know, got, like he's not, unbelievably like amazing but he is very talented and he had a pretty good season uh as far as tight ends go and i don't and and his to be fair his fifth round or uh fifth year uh option is coming up but i think that atlanta you know they they committed for at least this year to matt ryan and maybe uh maybe they take someone else but i think they take panay suel out of oregon i think they give uh another big uh, meaty linemen to protect Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was getting sacked left, right, and center uh, last year, and and they just they have uh, they have an O line technically, but I, I think putting a guy like Sewell, um, I I'm, I think Atlanta takes uh, Sewell from Oregon to reinforce that O line, keep Matt Ryan more or less vertical this season. That's uh, that's you know, could very well happen. I think Sewell's one of the best, uh, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased. I think he is is, is the best. Uh, you don't have to say you're not biased. Like I, I agree, dude. I, I have fallen in love with him, man. I am a sucker for linemen. Um, I've talked before how much I love. Um. Oh wow! I just I say this and I blank on names. <laughs> um, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, thank you. Holy cap. I knew where you were going. How yeah. much I love Quentin Nelson, I how I think, you know, O-linemen are so underappreciated. And Panay Sewell is just incredible. I I love watching his film. He He's a great offensive lineman. He knows when to give a little to to take back more. Um, he's, he's done a great job protecting um, – Herbert or did a great job protecting Herbert has done a great job in Oregon. I think, I think he is by far the best O lineman in the draft. I know there's some minor discussion there, um, but fight me. Yeah. Send them our way. If there's discussion about that. Um, I don't think the Falcons take him. I just don't think their management is that smart. Again, this <laughs> might be bias, That's <laughs> but they, they might see you like, well, we could just take a tight end. They can block. Yeah. It's a double whammy. Well, here's the thing. I, I totally think Atlanta could think that way. Here's the thing, too. I think it's so 
I think it's easier said than done for a team to pull a trigger on an offensive lineman in the top five. Mm -hmm. I think it looks, I think, I think management and front offices think it looks weird. If you do that, maybe it looks bad, even, even though it's, it's not like you said, it's a very underrated uh, position, which is exactly why I think Atlanta won't take him. And uh, exactly why I think Cincinnati probably won't at five either. If we can transition into that, I think they need to. I think if any I, team needs to, I, it's. I think. Can I say something? Go for it. If Cincinnati does not take Penesuel or um, any other O line, honestly, at this pick, they are stupid. They are wasting that pick, and they are destroying Joe Burrow. Agreed. Uh, I think that they're going to do the quote-unquote uh, sexy thing and pick a receiver, though. I think they're going to go with Jamar Chase. And, again, that's not necessarily what they need. Obviously, they need uh, something to protect Joe Burrow and not just help him out on the outside. They already have T. Higgins, all right? And I know they traded A.J. Green, but they don't need to go for a wide receiver. But looking, again, historically at the decisions that Cincinnati makes sometimes – uh, I could see them doing this and uh, I can hear my brother just bashing his head against the wall right now <laughs> <laughs> if they don't take a sale out of Oregon, but man, I just, I, I don't think they're going to something just tells me they're not going to. And actually I mean, I'll get to it. I'll get to it where I think uh, Panay is going to go, but um, I don't think it's going to be Cincinnati as much as it should be. Who do you guys have the Bengals going with? So well, I, 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 I cannot bring myself to fathom them not taking him. I, I, I want for Joe Burrow to succeed, and I think Penny Sewell is is one of the key pieces right now that helps that happen. Um, that helps keep him upright, keep him healthy, and like I said, I, the Bengals are stupid if they do not take him, and they are dead to me if they continue to ruin <laughs> Joe Burrow. That much is true. I I think if off my coin flip decision where Atlanta is taking Sewell, I think if if basically if Atlanta takes uh, Sewell since he takes Kyle Pitts, gives a big flashy weapon, uh, but that isn't a wide receiver to Joe Burrow uh, in the same sense, if Atlanta takes Kyle Pitts or takes somebody else since he should and will take Sewell if they have any semblance of functional brain cells uh, between their own, between management, which is risky at best. Asking a lot. Yeah, asking a lot, but I agree. Yeah, I got him taking, I, I, well, I flipped on this one last second. I literally crossed <laughs> it out on my little notepad here, but I haven't taken Sewell. I think, I think, I hope they make the smarter decision and take some guy to protect um, Joe Burrow. I, mean, I could even see um, if they don't take him, maybe uh, Rashawn Slater, the other O line, one of the higher ranked O linemen from Northwestern. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Bengals are the Bengals, and if they took <laughs> Jamar Chase, you know, reunited with the reunite the old college teammates, I wouldn't be surprised. But I hope. For Joe Burrow's knees' sake, I hope they take to well, or at least some linemen. Oh, yeah. I think they need to revoke those new uniforms they just got if they don't. I think <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed to freaking be a part of football anymore if they just. <laughs> mm, I don't oh. like thinking about it. Let's talk about the Dolphins, a team I do like talking about. 
Take it away, Justin. So I think, um, you know, in my, in my magical Christmas land here where the Falcons are taking pits, the Bengals are taking Sewell. I think the Dolphins take, I think they take either Jamar Chase or Devonta, Devonta, Devonta. Yes. Devonta. Smith. Yeah. Basically the highest, you know, depending on what it is, I think they take the highest rated wide receiver on the board. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they, they look for an offensive playmaker and I think it just depends on who's on the board. Honestly. I completely agree with you. I think they're going to go Devonta Smith here. Uh, mm. They showed they're serious uh, about improving this franchise and adding excitement and all that stuff. After narrowly missing the playoffs last year, uh, they showed they're serious by trading up, uh, trading with Philadelphia to get the sixth spot. They're, they're not going to go for a quarterback. Uh, they've got Tua. I think he's their guy. Mm-hmm. And what better way to compliment Tua than adding the Heisman winner? Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be amazing. I know. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say there is, I think a reality though, which I would kind of like to see. And this is not like saying like, Oh, this is going to happen. I would, if, if the Falcons do something crazy and don't take pits and the Bengals don't take pits and somehow he falls to the dolphins. Like I think that possibility is technically alive, but very unlikely and so i i pose if pitts is on the board do the dolphins still take a wide receiver i think they do yeah i think they do as well uh i I know there's been some talk about like some worries about devonta smith's size uh to those people i say did you watch alabama at all uh, did you watch this kid play at all in uh, either the regular season or the college football playoff? Like what more does this young man have to do to prove that his size is not a problem? Like he is as fast as they come. He's got incredible hands. Uh, the kid did not win the Heisman trophy for no reason. Okay. And I get that this happens every year with NFL scouts. They, they, they have to nitpick on something and I get it. It's their job, but uh, he's going to do well wherever he goes in the league. Um, and if he goes to Miami, man, that's a, that's kind of a match made in heaven, I think. So, uh, I, I, yeah, we're both in agreement here. Uh, you know, wide receiver. I think it's Devonta Smith. You think it's the top guy on the board at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm curious to know what our, our two esteemed guests have to say about this. Um, I also think they take I, – I think they take a wide receiver, and I think that wide receiver is Jamar Chase. Um, I think just he's he's flashier, and Miami is, is – you know, it, it's, it really is a coin flip between those two guys, between uh, Smith and, and Chase. I just think that Miami uh, likes Chase more for what – just for the – uh, I guess the quality over quantity, maybe. I don't know if that's that's not a great way to put it. Um, I also do think if for some reason Kyle Pitts fell to uh six, I don't think they necess- I don't think they would take him because they don't really have a true number one wide receiver. Their best wide receiver is Will Fuller, who is a good wide receiver, but he's not like a true no- number one. Or I'm sorry, they have Devonte Parker. Um who is closer to a true number one, but if they had the chance to get a guy like Jamar chase uh, and, and, you know, put him opposite Devonte Parker and, uh, and throw Will Fuller in there as well. 
that would be a lot more tantalizing to them than taking Pitts when they already have uh, Mike Gusecki uh, as, as kind of a true, like he's not, I, I think Pitts would be an upgrade, but it's not enough of an upgrade uh, to skip out on an upgrade of the level that Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith would bring to the wide receiver core. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, could, I'm going with Chase. Yeah, I went with Jamar Chase here as well. I could see Devonte Smith going pretty easily as well, or even uh, the other one of the other top receivers, Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. I could see any of them going. Um, I do think it's Jamar Chase. I think he's the first receiver to go off the board. They, you know, Tua, he kind of struggled a little bit last year. I think they give him as much help as they can get him right now. And, you know, hey, if he doesn't – if he can't make this work in a couple of years, then I think they could – I could see them going for a quarterback again. But I think right here is Jamar Chase. Fair enough. Uh, are we ready to try to dissect the disaster that's the Lions? <laughs> uh, I'll take it away first. I, I plain and simple think this is where uh, Sewell's going to go. I think he falls to seven because as we already touched on, I think the Bengals are dumb and they screw this up and uh, the lions know that kind and take this as you will, whether it's good or bad and it's bad, but they know that all of their hopes and dreams right now rest on Jared Goff. Uh, they need to help him out however they can. And if Panay Sewell's on the board for seven, uh, they take him and cause they know the only thing that's really going to, matter is if Jared Goff's upright and even then you're asking a lot of the guy but uh it'll help it'll help the cause a little bit and I just think this is where he's fallen to going seven to the Lions um another team that's really if he doesn't fall that far honestly anyone here helps the Lions like a receiver uh Pitts like anyone helps Detroit here they're in such desperate need of something so uh, Justin, what do you think they're doing? Um, I think they take offensive talent, um, or offensive line talent, but I don't think it's so well. Like I said, I think he's going way earlier. I think they're taking Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Um, you know, a lot of mock drafts that I've seen have Slater going in the, in the teens. I think he goes in the top 10. I think between him and Sowell, there it's very close. I still think Sowell is better just based on his raw athleticism and but where Slater makes up and and comes in close is his technique is I think a lot more refined than Sowell's to be honest um and but I think he goes to the Lions helps protect Goff um and then the Lions pick up maybe some wide receiver help maybe some some running back help uh later down the line Fair enough. I uh, Kyle, we'll let you take this one now. Okay, I could. I like. I'd like to pick you out there, Justin. I think offensive line with Sean Slater would be help that. I mean, help that team a lot. I mean, about any player would help that team a lot. But yeah, I went with uh, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver. I think they give Jared Goff a weapon. You know, after the receivers they lost this year in free agency, I think they need. You know, hopefully Devontae Devontae Smith can be a number one. I think they just need some weapons around him. They need as much help as they can get. And but I I also could see the Lions this being an opportunity for a different team to trade up. Maybe one of those teams that's 
teams that's in the teens that are looking for a quarterback, I could see them trading up to here because the Lions, I mean, they need so much help. I think they could, you know, if they could get a few extra picks later on in the draft, it wouldn't be a bad thing. But if they do stick with it, I think they get a receiver and uh, Devontae Smith here. Fair enough. Daniel? Uh, I'm, I think, fully in agreement with Kyle there. I think they take Devonta Smith, uh, give Jared Goff a new weapon, replace uh, Kenny Galladay, um, the new head coach, you know, gets a flashy, very, very talented guy to kind of uh, start padding the stats a little bit uh, without really padding Jared Goff all that much. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Lions, like, I think kind of the consensus here is anything helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, eight with the Panthers. I was talking about it with Daniel before he went on. Uh, it's, it's, this is, this was kind of tough to peg what Carolina was going to do. I think this is where we see our first defensive player go. I, I think, I think Caleb Farley is going to the Panthers. I think he's one of the best, uh, defensive players in this draft maybe the best I think he's definitely the best uh secondary player in this draft out of Virginia Tech uh Carolina kind of seems to me kind of to be set more or less on offense now that they have Darnold McCaffrey uh Justin and I have talked about it more and more the two mores um (laughs) they seem kind of set on offense so I think they need to really beef up that defense and this is a really good chance to do it uh and I think Farley would be the perfect guy to to start that uh rebuild on the defense or build the round on the defense i should say and i think he's a guy that has the chance to come in and make an immediate impact for carolina so i've, I've got caleb farley going at eight yeah i i agree honestly i have nothing to add to that i i think farley goes here all right uh daniel so i'll admit it's maybe not as hot as it was at the beginning of the show because it kind of got left out in the kitchen um, and put next to the other hot takes. They kind of absorbed some of its heat. My hot take here is that the Chicago Bears panic and trade up to this spot. I know, hot take that the Bears panic, of course. I think they somehow redraft <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> not quite, but close. I think they draft their spiritual successor to Mitch Trubisky in Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State. <laughs> I, am not, I am not high on Trey Lance. I don't love him in the same way that a, a lot of people, a lot of pundits do. Um, but I think that Chicago, you know, they just shed the, the weight of Trubisky. Um, you know, they're looking for a new guy. They, they have a couple of vets now, but they don't really have, you know, I, I think they're still kind of honestly a little bit delirious and stuck in their, uh, I don't think they want to admit that they're in a, in a true rebuild, but at the same time, I think taking, taking this trade, like you said, Carol, uh, like, not like you said, but I think Carolina, you know, they're, they're kind of more or less set in a way that they don't need the like top top guy uh i think if they trade down and get some value and kind of shake uh chicago down for some value where chicago is like okay we need our you know we need our guy and maybe you know the next couple maybe the next maybe denver takes a quarterback maybe Den, you know denver there's been kind of rumors and things flying that denver really likes trey lance that john elway really likes trey lance 
you know, he is tall. So those rumors are not <laughs> unfounded. Um, but I, my hot take is that Chicago trades up here and takes Trey Lance at eight. Uh, gives Carolyn, obviously, the um, 20th pick, or, or I think is where Chicago is at right now. And they get their guy for the future or, or the guy they hope is for the future. Interesting. It, you know what's crazy though? Like I picturing this in my head, I get, maybe it's just because you painted it so beautifully with your words, with the Bears panicking. But I, <laughs> I could see this happening. Like uh, I, I think I probably like Trey Lance maybe a little more than you do. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think the Bears have heard all of the the jokes that have been made since they missed out on Russell Wilson and settled <laughs> for Andy Dalton. And right. they're like, oh, we gotta we gotta show the fan base that like we can still, you know, we're still serious about a quarterback. And uh, uh, the Bears, they're a mess, and I can see that happening. But mm-hmm. Kyle, I don't want to take away from you. What do you think gonna happen at eight? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I could totally see that happening. I think Matt Nagy and uh, the GM, I think they're pretty much on the hot seat this season. So I think they're. I wouldn't be surprised if they went that bold and traded up to get you know whatever quarterback Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whoever's available there. Um, I have them, like you guys said, go, staying on the defensive side, but I have them taking uh, Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn mm-hmm. State. I think when you look back a few years when the Panthers on their, you know, their better years where they made the Super Bowl run and, you know, in that era, they had Luke Keekley and uh, Thomas Davis, you know, two great linebackers. So I think, I mean, I'm not saying Micah Parsons is going to be, you know, up to that level, but I think that team has a history with linebackers and if they could get somebody they think has a potential to be that good or even close to that good, I think they take him. So that's why I have uh, Micah Parsons going to them. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, are, are we ready to, to move on to nine with Daniel's boys? Let's yeah. do it. All right, so Daniel, you go first then. So I think, and we were kind of discussing this a little bit earlier, Jared, I think with the Broncos and and even uh, at the beginning of the show, I think the Broncos personally with signing Teddy Bridgewater are out of the QB market for this year. And with that, I think they take Micah Parsons. Um, Kyle, you think that Chicago or yeah, Chicago or uh, not Chicago, sorry. Um, Panthers. Carolina, the other one of the other C teams, takes Micah Parsons. I think Denver takes them. Um, I think that that Denver has shown they really like these uh, kind of athletic, uh, speedy guys who can get to the quarterback quickly, especially in the AFC West against uh, against Patrick Mahomes. You have to get to that guy fast, and if you give teams with especially someone like the Chiefs with maybe not the most phenomenal offensive line right now, another guy uh, to threaten Mahomes uh, opposite uh, Von Miller, opposite Bradley Chubb. uh, That just makes that defense that much more scary and just puts that much more strain on opposing offenses to get their guys, uh, you know, get the ball out of their guys' hands quickly. And when, you know, when you force quarterbacks to consistently throw faster and faster and you're putting that much pressure on them, it forces those guys to make mistakes. And giving Denver a guy like Micah Parsons just puts another uh, another uh, kind of foot on the wheel, as it were. So that's I, – I really like Micah Parsons. I think he's great. You know, I think the size is kind of – not as important because he's just such a fast, he's such an athletic 
dude that he just puts more pressure on uh, every O-line the Broncos play against. I like it. I like it. Uh, Justin, let's hear your take for Denver. Denver kind of screwed with my mock draft because I had him looking at a quarterback for a long time. Um, now that they've got Teddy Bridgewater, I agree. I don't think they're going for a quarterback, but I do think they're looking for offensive line help. I think, and I've kind of talked about this before, their their right tackle situation is bad. <laughs> I think if yeah. there is a good tackle on the board, I think they take a tackle. I think they have to, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like, uh, I I just think it's what they gotta do. I mean, they they need help on defense, but if they want to maintain a strong offense, or maybe even if they're looking to give, you know, Drew Locke a fair shake and a, a safe shake, I think they gotta they gotta patch up that right side. Uh, all right, that's I mean that's totally valid. Totally I valid. I agree a hundred percent. But well, I shouldn't say a hundred because I don't have them <laughs> taking an O line. But I do agree with the with that concept. And, and heck, honestly, I mean, it's a bajillion percent. You know, totally up to how the draft falls. Like, it's very possible. I mean, I've seen a lot of people have Rashawn Slater falling into the teens. Like I said earlier, like I think honestly, if he's on the board, I think the Broncos take him. But I can I can totally agree. Anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, let's hear your thoughts on the Broncos. Yeah, I I could see them going offensive line here. Um, I got them going defensive, though. I have uh, Patrick Sertain, cornerback out of Alabama, going here. I could see, and spoiler alert on my next pick, I could see a couple defensive backs here going kind of flip-flop either way or, you know, in either order. I just think, you know, they have weapons. They have, you know, hopefully a quarterback now. I think they just go on the defensive side, and I think the best defensive player right here is Patrick Sertain. And, you know, when you got to go against Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Justin Herbert had a great year last year, and I guess the Raiders, well, they're the Raiders, so you never quite know what they're going to do. But I think just for their own divisional sake and help, I think they uh, go with the cornerback here. Uh, I agree, but I don't think they're going with Sertain. I think they're going with J.C. Horn. Okay. Uh, I think I think they need – I think I agree with you and Daniel that they're going to go for defense. I think where Denver needs uh, the most or tied for the most help. <laughs> the right tackle situation is not good either, as Justin alluded to. But I uh, and I told Daniel this before we went on. Also, Denver was in our in my top ten here, the hardest team to peg on what they're going to do. Honestly, like I could see them going a number of directions. Uh, you know, I uh, it's weird to say, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they still went for a quarterback, even despite this Bridgewater trade. Uh, I'm pretty sure they <laughs> I love it. I'm not trying three I'm not, quarterbacks for every different situation. Listen, I'm not trying Bro, to like, make quarterback fun by either. committee. <laughs> I'm not trying to make fun. No, either. watch, they're gonna they're gonna draft two quarterbacks in this draft, so they have a quarterback for every down. Yeah, Ooh. they look. Ooh. They look at the Saints and they're like, "Hey, that Taysom Hills guy is pretty good. Let's just do that, but with four people instead of one." Every position on their offense is just a different quarterback. Yeah, it's it's just the Madden <laughs> thing where they only play every position with one type of player. Oh well, they, you know. they really got scarred by not having enough quarterbacks last year. Yeah, like I said, this was the hardest <laughs> one for me to pick. So J.C. Horn, I'm throwing it out there, cornerback J.C. Horn to Denver. That's my pick. Okay. Uh, all right, so we're only doing the top 10. Uh, we're at number 10. 
Uh, does anyone want to take it with Dallas? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll take it. I think they're taking J.C. Horn. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the man you just talked about. I think, I think Dallas has a lot of potential to just take some flashy wide receiver here um, because I think Jerry Jones is crazy like that. Yeah. But – Again, kind of like the Bengals, not quite to the extent of the Bengals. I think they're stupid to not take defensive help. They desperately need it. And I think Horn checks a lot of boxes that they need to check in this draft for defense. Yeah, I think that's what they should do also. I think they should go for defense. I don't think they will. Uh, let's, Let's let Kyle take his stab at the Cowboys now. Um, I gonna have to agree 100% with Justin I think JC Horn is the pick here um hoping or assuming the Cowboys do what they should do knowing the Cowboys I who knows what they're gonna do I could like we talked earlier in the podcast I could see them drafting or trading up to number four for Kyle Pitts I could see them doing a lot of different things I think if they're smart they take JC Horn or whatever the best cornerback or defense player available at this, at this position is when you look at J.C. Horn, he played in the SEC. You know, he played in some of the best, you know, quote unquote, the best conference in college football, and so best some of the best receivers. So I think, you know, he would do very well there if they're smart enough to pick him. But who knows, Cowboys, what they'll do exactly? <laughs> uh, Cowboys gonna cowboy. Exactly, <laughs> uh, Daniel. Yeah. So I think kind of a similar-ish idea, but. I think they actually, they look back on last year and they look at Dak Prescott's injury and how much offense, how much offensive power that sapped away from that team. And they say, hey, maybe if Dak Prescott doesn't get injured, we have a better offense. And they take Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Uh, kind of try to reinforce and honestly kind of restart that O-line. That that O-line, it used to be, uh, you know, a number of years ago, it used to be one of the most intimidating O-lines in the game. Um, and it's through injuries, through trades, through retirements. It's, it's definitely kind of fallen off uh, its pedestal. And I think uh, putting Rashawn Slater in there uh, kind of re- uh, gives Dak Prescott a little bit of breathing room. Uh, maybe gives Ezekiel Elliott a little bit more breathing room. He's kind of, you know, he still has a lot of talent, but he's dropped off in terms of production just because uh, I think a lot of opposing defenses have kind of been able to collapse on him a little bit more. So giving both of those two guys, both very potent offensive weapons for the Cowboys when they can show what they're capable of uh, Rashawn Slater in front of them uh kind of amps up the Cowboys offense a little bit in a, in a way that uh, is, is kind of more widespread than uh, giving Dak another weapon. Cause if Dak gets injured again, uh, or even if he's just getting sacked consistently again, um, it, to me, it doesn't matter as much who he's getting, who he's trying to throw to before he gets sacked. Yeah. Fair. Uh, well, for mine, I feel like I have to stick true to what I said earlier. I said Dallas is going to trade up. That means Atlanta is going to own this 10th mm. pick in my uh, fantasy version here of the draft. I think there, <laughs> if I think Atlanta is going to take Jalen Waddle here, wide receiver out of Alabama. 
Uh, you know, especially if they do hold true to their word and end up trading a guy like Julio Jones, or even if they trade like Calvin Ridley, uh, they're going to want to replace one of those guys if he's gone. And I just see that that's how this whole thing is going to play out with the Falcons. And so I've got them going with Jalen Waddle at 10. Hmm. But again, that's that's part of my very hot take. So we'll see if that actually comes to fruition or if I'm just horribly wrong. But uh, yeah, there it is, our top 10 of the of the draft and how we think it's going to play out. We'd love to talk about them all, but that would take us forever as uh, I think we're already past our hour. Um, I think so. Um, before we go on, though, uh, it's Daniel, I think, has already got to talk about the Broncos. But I wanted to ask Kyle, and I, I would ask you, Jared, if the Seahawks had a first-round pick. Jamal Adams! I'm totally <laughs> fine with it. I'm totally fine with no pick. Um, Kyle, who are you hoping that the Patriots pick? Not who you think, but who are you hoping they take? Or what are you hoping they do? Well, I could – I would be happy with a couple different options. I think if – I mean, depending – assuming they stay at 15 – if any of those really good wide receivers slide down that far, maybe Jalen Waddle, if he's still available, or Devontae Smith, perhaps, they could get one of them. Um, if, again, if they trade up, or just who knows where they're going to be at exactly, but if a quarterback like uh, Justin Fields is available, if a Trey Lance is available, I would be very happy with that. Um, but actually, I just happened to look on Twitter real quick, and there's a source saying, that the Patriots are actually working on a new contract for Jimmy G. So that might be a possible trade coming up. So who knows how true that is, but if that's the case, I mean, they could get, if they could get back in action, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That would be ideal if that is the case, but you know, receiver quarterback is what I'd have to choose. If I had to predict maybe a cornerback, if a JC Horn, one of those type of guys falls a little bit. I'd be happy with that too. You know, any, any of those options. Oh my goodness. I, I make that kind of, they're getting the band back together joke, but they really are. They're, they're bringing back Matt Patricia too. Literally. It's yeah. Oh my God. I didn't hear that. Those, I just saw that news. I just looked, they're bringing back Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia. Uh, he's been helping a lot in the pre-draft process, apparently, whatever that means. Oh boy. Um, Yikos. So they're, they're, uh, you, can I sneak in one more kind of pseudo hot take? It's not that hot of a take. It's just what I think the Patriots are going to do at 15. Sure. Um, they're taking Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could see it. First. I could honestly see it. I could see he them. falls. He falls pretty far down the board and they get Mac Jones. He's ready to go. He's ready to play. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban are, real buddy buddy that is true yeah so never know uh i actually have them taking a quarterback too i haven't gone i haven't getting justin fields at 15 but uh that was a good question to ask our resident patriots fan uh justin do i dare ask at 32 (laughs) who you're taking uh if you've even researched that far down (laughs) of course it's my team man my bad my bad um honestly it's probably going to be kind of like it has been in the past is probably going to be the best player available um in 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 a lot of mock drafts i've seen 
like an offensive linebacker like Joe Tyrone or Tyron Tyron. I, I'm not sure how to say his name if I'm being 100% honest. Um, just to kind of reinforce behind, behind Shaq Barrett and JPP. Um, JPP obviously is getting, you know, I don't know how long he's going to stay mm-hmm. in Tampa. I'd love for him to stay for a long time, but, you know, eventually there's going to be a, be a need to be replaced there. So I can totally see that. What I hope happens, I hope one of these these top five quarterbacks ends up just by some crazy turn of events sliding and we can have him sit behind behind Brady because honestly, like as like what JPP his days there are numbered. Like especially Brady, he's he's way late in his career. Who knows how long he's gonna play after this year, if he even plays another year. It'd be really nice to have kind of that security blanket of someone that is there ready to take the mantle when Brady retires. I could see it. I, yeah. yeah. I honestly, I'll be honest. I haven't thought that deep into the <laughs> first round, but your, but your team isn't in the first round. That's why I have it. That's why I have it. <laughs> Justin quick question. Yeah. I know that you guys are that you guys try to keep these relatively timely for the listeners at home, but I do have a very pressing question for Justin. Uh-huh. Um, if I have him going a little bit earlier, so this may be a moot point, but if he falls to 32 or potentially further, would you take a guy like Kyle Trask out of Florida? Like not, not one of the big five as it were, hmm. but you know, you take, like, would you take with, with the 32nd pick, would you take Kyle Trask out of Florida? That, that is an interesting question. Honestly, I, I, I think maybe honestly, yeah. Kyle. I don't I don't know that he is Yeah, he's definitely maybe not top 5, but that doesn't mean he's not good. I haven't watched too much film on him to be honest. Okay. But I've seen some of the stuff he's done while watching other players footage and I I've kind of liked what he does. Um yeah, and I I honestly it kind of depends too on what what um Jason Litch and and Arians are thinking, you know, what they're looking for in the future. Cause right now, like we're we're set for this next year, all things considered, you know, barring injuries or any other craziness. Like we I think with this pick, we really do get to look. You know, we're not just patching up and putting band-aids on on holes in our raft like we're not trying to patch anything we're we're just trying to look forward to to the next, to the future years on like what we're gonna need then which i think is a nice situation to be in instead of always like okay god we we didn't make the playoffs again what do we need to make the playoffs yeah dude you don't really have draft needs like right now like yeah. that's the crazy thing yeah um and i mean i'm sure you guys saw the news like we just signed Antonio Brown to a one-year deal. Um, yeah. Like we, li- we literally have our team from last year. Yeah. Like all 22, all 22. And that's, that's insane. Unprecedented. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Uh, we're getting close to time. We're actually after time uh, quick. We'll go around the horn shout outs. If we've got them, Justin, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, I kind of was uh, just talking about him, but Jason Lick, Jason Litch, our the Buccaneers general manager, is my shout out this week. 
Um, he has done such a great job in this offseason keeping key pieces on our team. Um, I I was really sweating there for a minute because I didn't know that uh, Shaq Barrett was coming back. I'm really happy he is. Um, he's done a great job. Uh, we've gotten to this point where I, I would argue we probably have the best receiver core in the game. Um, and, you know, it's, it's strengthened with guys like Antonio Brown now. And then, you know, we've got depth with Scotty Miller, and he's been a huge part in that. And he's my shout-out because he's done a great job. It's a good one. Kyle, shout-out. Okay, so mine is kind of a throwback. But shout-out to Nike, a.k.a. Bill Belichick's dog. <laughs> who became the meme from last year's draft and still pops up from time to time. I know the uh, Patriots Twitter account when Belichick was going crazy with all those free agents, instead of any news or anything else, they just posted a picture of him at, behind the computer from last year. So just kind of a throwback. I hope he uh, can pull off some moves tomorrow night and uh, really help this team into the future, wherever, whatever direction they go. But uh, shout out to Nike. There you go. Uh Daniel. It's going to be hard to top that. Uh, yeah. It, you know, I'm not going to go so far as to say it tops that because, you know, you, it's really, really hard to top a good boy such as uh, Nike. I'm My shout-outs to my Colorado Avalanche. They clinched a spot in the playoffs this year. Uh, they've got one of the most exciting forward uh, top lines. They, uh, in, in Landeskog, McKinnon, and Murkowski, they are just an exciting team, a fun team to watch across the board. They just went and signed or uh, traded for Devin Dubnik as a backup goalie from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, sorry, Zach, but he's ours now. Uh, this team is really, really shaping up to make a deep run. Uh, you know, it's 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 a weird thing to see your team as kind of uh, consistently, at least in the conversation for favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Um, and I'm just really excited. I think that this team is going to make a deep, deep run. Uh, honestly, hot take. I know this is not a hockey episode, but I think they win the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, and I'm just really excited that the Avalanche are really a good hockey team this year and boys i don't mean to alarm you but i just looked out the window and uh i see some pigs flying out there you know (laughs) all right oink 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 flop baby (laughs) uh i love it uh daniel we're probably gonna have to have you back on for that nhl playoffs episode like we did last year uh yeah if um, it if it goes anything close to how my predictions went last year uh you know We'll take it because I think I got at least one pick, right? There you go. Yeah, you did better than that. Uh, yeah, was a good job on the abs. Um, my shout-out, I'm going to take it to baseball. Shout-out to Madison Bumgarner. Threw a seven-inning no-hitter the other day against the Braves, but it did not count officially as a no-hitter because the game was only seven innings long due to a doubleheader. That's the MLB's rule right now. If you play two games in the same day, they're only seven innings long. Sucks for him, man. But I get why it doesn't officially count. I see both sides of that argument. But either way, shout out to old Mad Bum with the Diamondbacks. Uh, To throw Mm -hmm. a no-hitter again in any capacity against that Atlanta Braves lineup is really impressive. So that's my shout out for the week. All right. Too shabby. 
Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up here because we've gone well past our time, but it was fun talking with you boys again. Thank both of you for joining us for the draft episode, the 2021 draft preview. Thank you both for being on. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's always a blast. Yeah. yeah uh, sit down and talk shop with you boys. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, thanks again for being the world's best co-host <laughs> as always. Uh, thank you all for listening for tuning in wherever you tune in, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you hear our dulcet tones. Uh, that elusive can on a string. Yeah, it's always there. <laughs> Justin uh, always likes to point out the can on the string. But hey, if that's where you listen to us, we appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. We'll publish for you every Thursday on all of those platforms. And uh, Justin, never forget. Party like it's 1976.